And we are back with another episode of George in the Jungle presented by Remington Tavern. Remington Tavern can be found at 8892 Glendale Milford Road, 45140, where they have daily happy hours from 3 to 7 p.m. $5 Woodford Wednesdays. That's tomorrow. And uh, they can be found on Instagram at uh, Remy Tav Cincy, R-E-M-I-T-A-V-C-I-N-C-Y on Instagram. Um, and you can follow them on Facebook as well. With that said, George. Hey, this is how you doing? Three man? weeks, three weeks Merry in a row. Christmas, We're doing. By the way, I guess. Merry, yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. Week. I wore this to the game tonight. It sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's not my Grinch outfit that I had on uh, last year. Well, that, there's something to be said for that, I suppose. Yes. I'll wear that to Remington Tavern for the bottle cap bingo on uh, uh, Thursday. Well, uh, you were at the game tonight. The Bearcats win which they didn't do on Saturday, which we will get to. But Cincinnati uh, beats Merrimack in a final of 65-49. I caught the, uh, I caught the points at 19 and a half, did not cover the spread. Unfortunately, they had it after the Jizzle James dunk, and then there was a turnover, and they let points go. And yeah, they gave up five down the stretch. They probably shouldn't have. Probably not. Uh, that said, uh, this coming on the heels of a loss to the Dayton Flyers at the Heritage Bank Arena. Were you there for that one? No, I wasn't allowed to go. Um, I had a medical procedure on, on Friday. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to walk up a whole bunch of steps, but I'm, I'm fine now. Um, but I'm glad I missed it because I don't know. I, I got a good idea who would have been sitting around me, but I punched enough stuff at home. I didn't need to get arrested. The Heritage Bank Arena punching people, um, or punching chairs, or concession stands, or I, what a disaster that was! That was I'm I'm sorry. Uh, on the heels of that Savior game, where you could maybe uh, rationalize some things in that loss, um, you couldn't do it on Saturday night. That that was a putrid anti-Bearcat performance on defense. Um, offensively, I was glad tonight to see Locken not hanging out at the three-point line. How that dude fires five threes in a game against uh, uh, a legit team, a team that's got a very good chance to make the NCAA tournament, that dude's got to live on the block. I I'm sorry. I, I don't even know how a coaching staff sits there and watches that happen and doesn't do a damn thing about it. So I, 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 you know, I'm sorry. I'm usually a positive guy and I'm optimistic. You are. That, that, that was just, that, that was disgusting. It was disgusting. And the defensive performance was disgusting. And, and not the fact that you give up those open threes and, and all, all, the, all the fouls, for God's sakes. And I, I know Wes talked about it after the game and getting your chest on the ball and in front. Well, then, then let's do it. Figure it out. And I think part of the problem is too many guys are getting too many damn minutes. Figure out the rotation. I mean, I, I, I kind of like, after I calm down, pull out to the satellite view of the whole situation. And I, th this is oversimplifying, but you got to find the guys who are playing well in that game, who are the matchups that are good in that game, that are, are, uh, you know, just have it going on in that game. They got to get the minutes. You don't just spread the minutes around to spread the minutes around. You got to find the guys that are playing and play them in that game. And, you know, because tonight uh, Aziz and, 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 and CJ were out right. um, with injuries, they, they tightened it up a little bit and it, it was a little better. Um, I still had issues with, with some of it, but, um, I, I just think that it's got to be tightened up a little bit on, on who gets all the minutes. And for God's sakes, do not let Vic be shooting a bunch of threes. 18 turnovers tonight 
by your that's, Cincinnati Bears. Yeah, that's terrible against Merrimack. Terrible. Horrible. Horrendous. Yeah. Um, I, I also believe, I, I know that there's been some mentions of this on different shows that we do here um, in the comments, but I don't know that it's been necessarily discussed at length. Uh, but I, I think that this team is lob happy. Um, I, I think that uh, Terry brought it up on the broadcast that when you're uh, throwing as many lobs as Cincinnati is, uh, you start to look like an AAU team. And yeah. sure, sure, you get caught up in the excitement of making the five or so that you make. But at the same time, you're missing, you know, somewhere in that seven to ten range. And that's missed opportunities on points because those generally end up in turnovers that you usually aren't getting those rebounds. Uh, so that's that's at the very least two points that you've just given the other team. Yeah, um, you're throwing possessions away. And and sure. quite honestly, even though you know Bandago wasn't playing tonight, they did it again tonight several times. Several yeah, times. with 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 Jamil. Uh there was one even from uh from Day Day to uh Jizzle that luckily they recovered it and ended yeah. up making a three out of that. Uh but but it's I Harlem trotters. I enjoy the pace. I really do. I enjoy dunks. Uh, they're my favorite, yeah, even more so than, than threes. But let's just take the opportunity when it's there. And right. I'm, I'm, you can be aggressive, but I, I think that you're getting – you're almost falling in love with the lob as much as people fall in love with the three. And it's it's very strange. Yes, and, and that's a big part of what bit them on Saturday night were both of those things. Um, the defense mainly, but – uh, I, I just, uh, I mean, all those threes on Saturday. Look, some you're, you're going to have off nights shooting a three, but what you got to do, back to my earlier point, is find the guys who maybe have it that night. And mm -hmm. I talked to a, a guy who's much wiser than me about this a long time ago, and he brought up, I thought he was crazy, but the older I get, the more I think it makes more sense. And <laughs> this is crazy. People are going to think I'm drunk. I'm not yet, but I'm about to get there. The more I think. <laughs> um, the biorhythms. Everybody has these supposed biorhythms. Some days they're up, some days you're down. And this guy was talking to me, this coach, that he wanted to figure out which guys had the biorhythms at the top edge. Those are the guys that will play on that night. And the guys that are bottoming out, they'll stay on the bench for the majority of the minutes. And, and if you could do that, if there was a way to scientifically do that, it would be a lot easier. But I, I look at this team, and I almost feel like at 4 in the afternoon on a game day, they need to have like a 45-minute scrimmage and see who the hell's performing that day, who's not, and those guys get the minutes when the game, when, when the lights come on. Because I just feel like this everybody playing and nobody, you know, the guys who are in a rhythm – don't stay in a rhythm because they're back on the bench. And I think he needs to shorten the the, the, the rotations um, as he gets closer to conference play. And maybe he will. I mean, I remember back in the day, a lot of teams and Bob Knight's teams were notorious for having bad losses or looking clunky until conference play started. And they would get better and better and better. And by the end of the season and, and tournament time, they were a force to be reckoned with. I would love to think that that's kind of what's going on here. But when you look at this schedule and the non-conference part of it, there's a couple of games you got to circle and say, these are the games that are important. And I've had arguments with people. They say I'm crazy. I don't think I am. I think those games should be prioritized and you should game plan for those games. You're going to beat the Merrimacks of the world if you have 18 turnovers. They you should. Right. Right. They had 18 turnovers and one by 16, right? You know, you're, you're going to beat these other teams they've played. Um, you're not going to beat Dayton doing that. You're not going to beat Xavier doing that. You've got to be at your best. I just don't feel like they were even close to their best. But if they were, they're in a heap, big bunch of trouble come Big 12 time. I just think there's a way to find who's performing on that night and give them the minutes and – um, I, I could be crazy. I Every coach in the world may say I'm nuts, but I go back to this guy talking about figuring out the players' biorhythms and who's having a good day because we all have good days. We all have bad days. I, I have many a bad days, and I know when I'm having a bad day. Um, some days you just don't have it. And I just feel like there's a way to 
and, and maybe I'm crazy, but there's a way to narrow that down and figure it out. And when you got a guy out there and he gives you a really good shift, leave him in there. You know, if he needs a rest, pull him out for a minute, get his butt back in there. Well, to your point, uh, Dan Skilling saw, I believe this might be the, the fewest minutes he's had in a game this season, uh, down to 15 minutes today. Yeah, I did um, see that. Interesting note there. Um, Jamil, though, on the other hand, uh, in his second game as a Bearcat, uh, up to 14 minutes. Um, he had some really good minutes tonight, too. He had a couple bad ones, and that did. happened, and he had some decisions that were shaky. But I'll tell you what. For a big dude, his hustle and he can move, and he's not afraid to put a shoulder in someone. He's not afraid to do anything. He impressed me tonight. It was it was fun seeing him in the uh, in the jump man blocks. Um, yeah. but he led all rebounders with eleven. Uh, he was a rebounding machine. Uh, Vic leads all scorers with 18, 8 of fourteen from the floor. There, no threes for Vic today. To your point shoot as one, well, right? not, not a well. single one. Right. Not a single and, uh, and the Bearcats inside on the block. It's not that the Bear, hard. The Bearcats only shot five of 12 from behind the arc today. Uh, a lot of stuff inside. Um, and they need to do that. And look, they may not be able to do it in the Big 12. I don't know. But against these other teams I talked about, they should have been able to do it. And instead, I. I I got to get over that. I've got to get over Xavier, and I got to get over Dayton. Um, well, one last note on Dayton. Well, I, I brought and, the... and you mentioned Skilling's minutes tonight. You've mm -hmm. seen how he's been playing recently. What happened mm -hmm. to him? Because and, and I know they were playing cupcakes, but he looked pretty darn good. He had nice drives, had nice shots. I, I thought he made pretty darn good decisions for the most part. He got out of control. He, he does from time to time, and I know he's fairly new to the game, but he has been awful the last three or four games yeah he that uh, good tonight he, he, he something's looked off with him yeah i don't know it, what it is i don't know what i hope he finds it i'm sure he can he's very i mean he moves when well. he's on he's on yeah 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 he's had uh, some monster games for them this year i don't know what's going on but again back to my point if he doesn't have it then put him on the bench and leave the guys in that do have it you don't have uh, to even, force minutes. You don't have even, to. They even, got his re players. even his rebounding's been down uh, as he only finishes with three rebounds tonight. But uh, That was a weird had, rebounding game, though, Aaron, because Merrimack took a lot of shots that weren't inside close to the other, and they got a bunch of layups early. But a lot of the missed shots were outside shots, long rebounds, things. I was surprised uh, Reynolds got as many boards as he did in his, in his time. Because a lot of those rebounds would be over the guy under the basket, and it was kind of the secondary guys getting the boards. It, it was kind of a, it, it was a tough rebounding game for anybody because the balls were going all over the damn place. It wasn't just in the paint. And Cincinnati ends up winning the rebounding battle by twenty. Um, the one of the stats though that I'm I'm probably most concerned with: uh, six of sixteen layups. Yeah, six of sixteen. They did not finish well, and, and there's a couple guys we know that don't finish well in there that had some point blanks. That yeah, it was frustrating, and you've got to finish around the rim, and 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 they had trouble with that. But you know what? Vic finishes around the rim pretty darn good. Uh, he does, and that's why he needs to be down on that block. And I know there's been arguments back and forth about how good he is. He only plays well against the bad teams. Um, I don't think that because I saw what happened in the second half of the X game. Um, he, he was really, really good. And when he's down there, he's really good. And he should have been down there Saturday night at Heritage Bank Center. But, um, yeah, you, you, you've got to finish around the rim. And that's, um, you know, there's a cert certain amount of toughness that goes into that. Um, and, and you've got to have that toughness if you're going to play at, at this level that they're going to be in. Um, since since they've been begin playing basketball at UC, you got to be have toughness to finish inside. But going into this conference, they're going into if you don't have it, you're going to get run night in and night out. 
Now, as this team is, they have one more game, I believe, uh, before. Uh, yeah, Stetson, uh, Stetson and Evansville. Two, two more. Set, you, have, you have Stetson on Friday, and uh, then the following Friday, Evansville. Uh, yeah. Bef- before you enter the conference play, obviously, <laughs> obviously, you had the late edition of Jameel Reynolds. You had Aziz even as a late later edition. Um, not not quite as late as Jamil. He's had a little bit more time to try and get acclimated with the rotations. Simas uh, Lukosius gets hit by a car. He looks like he's back in in yeah, it does form today. Um, he, he was pretty efficient as he ends up uh, three of four from the field, all of them threes, uh, two of two from the line. Um, he played the most minutes of anybody on the floor. He didn't with, force anything. How many turnovers did he have? He had three. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm just just curious with, with the way that this team has, has kind of unfolded between those three, especially with the, the two additions and then with CMOS missing. I think Chad said uh, it's been something like either an, an entire or, or part of four games um, just with the coming back from the – car accident um what, what what identity does this team have right now do you think it has one do, do, do they have do you think that they've established a, a leader at this point because uh, that's something we were ta- kind of talking about last night on the bbp no I, I i could not tell you the identity i know the identity the coach says he wants and that's a defensive one but that hasn't that hasn't shown his head. No. Now tonight was better, but you're playing Maribank. You're sure. Bigger. You're much more talented. You ought to be able to hold them. I, I shouldn't say under 50 because that's, you know, that's kind of jarring when you don't score 50 points. Um, the way you see now gets it up and down the floor. Five years ago, yeah, there were several games that you could hold people under 50 because possessions are going the entire length of the shot clock. But but now no that's good against anyone but um, no there there's I don't have a clear picture of what they are I don't there's you know and there, there were times tonight they they went to zone probably just you know just I I would love to have heard why Coach Miller said they did switch to that it was like some weird one three one thing they did for a little bit and it it uh, maybe just to throw Merrimack out of their rhythm and and it appeared to work when they did it but uh it's not a defensive identity it's nope. not uh to me it's if, if you had to say what the identity is it's helter skelter i don't know what the hell it is it's, it's like a bunch of guys coming in and out and some guys throwing threes up one game some guys throwing it up the next uh, i did like I'm, I'm really being harsh here I did like the fact Vic was down low most of the time. I agree. When when you got a zone going, get the ball to the middle. They started doing that better and better as as they got a little more used to it. But these things seem basic to me. These seem like things you ought to be able to do on November first, not December, well, whatever it is. I and I I get where you're coming from as far as the Vic thing goes because I I think that the fact that he can make the three is. A bonus, but I don't think that needs to be what he's out on the court yeah, to a bonus. do. If he's getting his butt kicked down low all the time, and he can pop out and do that, and maybe help extend that defense a little bit. Yeah. Okay, but he's but there had a game where it worked, and right. you know I hear all this stuff about how he makes them in practice and all that. That's fine and good, but until that translates into game time, that should not be part of his playbook, game in and game out. I don't think I don't think he should be missing three a game ever. You, you shouldn't be taking Correct. that many. If if you're missing three, you've taken too many threes. I agree. I I when when you're when you're a seven footer with with his inside offensive game. I mean, my God, I I, I hate to be an old man, but I am. <laughs> like, did Wilt Chamberlain play outside the paint? Did Shaq play outside the paint? Did any of those guys, did anyone say, I got an idea. You're a good shooter. Now, Vic's a better shooter than those guys were from outside. But you get my point. 
you got to have a freaking guy in there that's down on the block, and that's where he operates. And he's got a great touchdown there. I mean, how many times have we seen, and he did it a couple times tonight, he throws up the little baby hook, and it bounces a couple times, and it comes in through the net, and it's a bucket. He's got a nice touchdown there. That's a great weapon. Maximize it. The only time I think I'd be okay with that is with him living outside the arc is, is when you have a Jameel or an Odie on the block instead of him. But if he's the guy, you, cause yes. you can't have both of them down on the block. But and, and yeah. even, even then, the threes have to be sparing. Contained. Uh, yeah. You know what? They have much better options in game time that I've seen. I don't see practice. But during games, I think – Lukosius and CJ, and for God's sakes, there's probably three more that are a better option than what Jizzle, I see. Jizzle day day, yeah. right? Correct. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if we we, we have seen some more of the uh, the Jizzle and day day. I thought they played better today than they played against Dayton. Yeah, together. and I, I know I, I talked about that last week a little bit, and I, I do like to see. And I, I will say this: I love this when West put them in together because. Merrimack, for all their faults, they had two really quick guards. Like this one dude, uh, I think it was, it was number zero, and he looked like he was 5'8". This dude was a – Adam Clark. He had fast feet, fast hands. Um, he was fun to watch. Uh, could he play at UC's level? Probably not. Um, but he was a bit of a problem on – he was quick. He gave him problems early in the game. I think Day-Day was a – little surprised by how quick he was because he took him down a couple times, blew by him. And I know he made one layup, if not another, or or passed off for an easy bucket. But, um, you know, it, it was good to see him go in and kind of match up with those two quick guards, if nothing else, for defensive purposes. Sure. Uh, like I said, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do in those last two games as they're trying to figure out the best rotations that they have going into conference play. Uh, and we'll also be able to see if the injuries to whatever's going on with Aziz Bondego and uh, C.J. Frederick. I, I'm, yeah, it I'm doesn't zero. sound major. It sounds right. like more like, okay, we can get by this, t- you know. Precautionary, yeah. Anything, and nor should they. I mean, the conference is coming up. I I don't want to – I mean, Merrimack played fairly well tonight, even though they only scored 49. But I I was about to say me, you, and three other guys could go out there, and that's not fair to Merrimack. We couldn't compete with them. But I think West did the right thing. You you can get by this game. Uh, Stetson – Stetson beat Central Florida, which is interesting, which I may say a lot about Central Florida. I'm not sure. But, man, when that Big 12 schedule starts, everybody's got to be healthy and ready to go because you don't start that thing. with. I, there's no cupcakes anyway. There's no softies. There's no layups. But when you start with BYU and Texas, that's going to be interesting because BYU may be one of the best teams in the country that gets not a lot of love. Yeah, they're uh... – or I think they're what 18 in the country right now, or something along that line. Yeah, they've they've had to earn their respect, and uh, they've got it by me. Well, well, we'll certainly get to see them up close and personal as that oh, yeah. game. You know. As it shakes out, when I first saw the schedule, it's like okay, that's a good game to start with. Now I'm not so sure. Yeah, you're about two and a half weeks away from that one, uh, as that one is on January 6th. Um, but in the meantime, we will switch gears here. Cincinnati Bengals Ooh, back in yeah. the are back in the win column once again as they take out Ivan Pace and his Minnesota Vikings. Ivan Pace had an opportunity to stuff Joe Mixon at the goal line, and while he did hit him, he, it wasn't enough to stop him from scoring. And uh, apparently he had some words for Joe Mixon after the game as there was yeah, a video. What was that all about? I saw I, the video. You can, you can kind of hear the audio, and if you want to go back and listen to it, that's on you. I'm not going to go into what I think I heard, but uh, it didn't sound it didn't sound great coming it from – uh, It sounded – I mean, I guess I can say what I thought I heard. 
it, it just sounded like Ivan was just threatening to beat him up uh, while still wearing his helmet, which Joe was not wearing his helmet. And it sounded like sounded like Joe Mixon just continued to say, bro, you lost. Um, right. Game's over and just weird. Uh, in any case. Uh, I love just, Ivan and I love the way he plays and I love his goofy character and all that. But Joe Mixon is running angry this year. <laughs> He is. And he was so angry on that touchdown run. That was a man's touchdown. That's funny that you put that right here at the top because that's somewhere on my list of things. Uh, that that was a man's touchdown, and, and Joe Mixon's had a few of those. Um, God Almighty, I love the way that dude's running right now. And you know, when 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 he got hit, it looked like oh my God, he is not going to get in. And he was not going to be denied. That that was, uh, woo! I tell you, I I wasn't so sure the Bengals should re up the way they did with Mixon and bring him back and all that. But I'm glad they did. Um, he he has proven it this year. I don't know how many years he has left, but this has been, you know, I know yardage wise and all that and yards from scrimmage. It's not his best year, but to me, when it comes to those short yardage, just impact plays this is the best he's been well he did end up with 10 carries 47 yards an average of 4.7 easy math on that one with that touchdown um he only had three catches for 14 but just anytime he's touching the ball right now you feel like it's going to be a first three, three catches is more than he had in a five game span sometimes before this season now Jake Browning continue. I mean, it did take overtime in this one. Jake Browning goes 29 of 42 for another game over 300 yards with 324, two touchdowns. He did have a pick. It was a bad pick as well. Oh God. Um, yeah. That I, I am sure as soon as he threw it, he's like, what did I just do? Uh, but this one, there were some casualties as you lose DJ reader for the year. That one is that's brutal. That's a brutal injury loss. It is. It is, and, and, and you know, they tried to they tried to put they tried to put a waiver claim in today. Uh, the the Houston Texans beat them for a defensive tackle on a on a waiver claim today, um, but he's a run stuffer. He right. he is a. He, and they gave is, up what 143 against the Vikings. Like Chandler ran, uh, he was right. Don't we'll talk about the the, the overtime fourth down stuff with the Vikings, but, um, you know, the Bengals run defense has already suffered even with DJ in there and, and he makes yeah. all the difference. Um, and I, I give the Bengals credit in, in overtime and, and what happened, but I will tell you this, I'll just lay it out there. Now that Vikings coach in overtime, did he just lose his mind on that third and one with the tush push with like a, Five foot nine hundred and forty five pound wide receiver. I don't know what he. He's probably one hundred and eighty. But I mean, really, if that's what you're going to do, that's the dude you have behind the quarterback. And let's think about this. So it's third and about a yard. It may have been a tad more. I'm probably. I, I mean, okay, you're thinking maybe we do it twice and we get it. If I've got. Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and I got a third and one in overtime. And Ty Chandler, he was really good in the backfield. You know what? You know what this old goat's doing? Anything I'm else? Play action all day long, and one of those guys is going out, and I'm ending this damn game right here and now. I'm not busting up like that crap and and announcing to the Bengals defense in the world this is what I'm doing. No, I, I I'm like. We're going to have some options here, and it's going to be play action, and I would have torched them. Now, maybe it wouldn't work. All right, so now you got fourth down, and now you can use Ty Chandler there to get one yard. This guy puts his quarterback with a 180-pound guy behind him to push, and, and everybody's pinched in. It's not like there's an option here. I, I just thought – if and I were back up for the Vikings and I know that dude's done an okay job, I I would have I would have wanted to fire the dude. 
That, this that, is your, that was malpractice. You know, your, thank God, you know, kudos to the Bengals for stopping it. That was huge. But that was so dumb. That it's was your third dumb. it's your third string quarterback as well. So I don't I don't yeah. know what the hell they were thinking. I had no I, I couldn't believe when they bunched up like that on third down. I'm like, there is no way they're doing this. They're not something's up. Oh no, they did it. But and, and I was happy. I'm like, oh my God. I, I just I I I don't have words for it. I again that goes back to my previous point. When guys are having games, you got to ride them. You don't and, change it at the most critical point of the game. You the ride C- the stud. The Cincinnati Bengals did just that as T. Higgins yep. had the go-go gadget arm oh. for the touchdown. That was an unreal touchdown. It was amazing. It was, and that's what I was texting with friends of mine. And that's where you appreciate what kind of athletes these guys are and the body control, the coordination, the toughness, everything. That was unbelievable what he did. You know, the catch, to to have the sense to stretch that ball out over the goal line and the pylon, it was (laughs) – and and hang on to it. I mean, just that, that was amazing. Um, and, and I, I am so happy for T Higgins and I don't know what's going to go on there, but, um, that was the most awesome touchdown catch of the year for sure. And, and one of the all timers, if, if the Bengals make the playoffs, that was a, that was a season saving catch right there by T Higgins. And, and, you know, we haven't even gotten to Jake Browning yet. Um, but what he did as well from the fourth quarter on, you go in that fourth quarter, they were down 14. What the hell was it? 17 to three. They hadn't done anything. And, you know, there, there were, there were so many great moments in that fourth quarter and overtime for the Bengals uh, that, you know, Jake Browning's probably making himself some money here. Even though, you know, the Bengals can control him for another two years, basically, if, if or at least certainly through next year, a year after he can be restricted. Um, but my God, if you're the Minnesota Vikings and you've got what's going on there, I don't know what Kirk Cousins has left. But put Jake Browning on that team. He already was on that team and they cut him. Yes. Exactly why he said you shouldn't have something cut me. Imagine <laughs> if they had this dude and he's got Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson, and a fair running game and a defense that allowed the Bengals three points in the first three quarters. And look, God bless the Bengals. They wore them down. And I love the way Jake Browning and the Bengals offense, they stick with it. They make adjustments, they figure things out, and they figured it out in the fourth quarter and uh, came back and got it done. But, yeah, imagine him on that team. No thanks. The way he is now, that's a, that, that's a potential Super Bowl team. No, thank you. I would not like to do that. And I don't know how much of the effect of what the play calling has been is the fact that Joe Burrow has been involved in the play calling. Uh, Zach Taylor was talking about how – Joe's been on the headset and has been involved in some of the play calling. And, and he said he doesn't want to say too much. And Zach said, I'll, I'll tell you to shut up if I think you're talking too much. Right. Uh, so that's a weird thing on that. Well, I, I want, I want to point something out first here. Uh, okay. How many people do you, how many people do you think Jake Browning threw the ball to this week? I would say a, a number. 11. Right. That's more people than I can. I can't remember the, the last How time they, I mean, do they really have 11 guys eligible? <laughs> I, I can, I mean, maybe uh, everybody that was there on the roster eligible. You, you had, you had Jamar chase, you had T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Tanner Hudson, Chase Brown, Mitchell Wilcox, Irv Smith, Jr. Joe Mixon, Charlie Jones, Andre Yosuvash, uh, Travion Williams, all of them with at least one catch. Man, that's all the tight ends, all the running backs. Nope, you, you missed Drew Sample. He, oh, yeah, Drew Sample yeah. did have a target. He he missed the one the one target he had. 
He should have caught it. Then I probably should have. Then we would have been 12. But I would have been right. Um, but here, here's where I wonder, and I, I think Joe has so much confidence, he's not going to check down to a running back like Browning does. Sure. sure. Although a lot of that is is and I give Zach Taylor credit for this because a lot of that is comfort zone for the quarterback. A lot of it is it's a little easier to make that throw when 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 you know they're turning it loose. Um, I don't know that Joe would say, "Yeah, let's check. Let's go to the screen," because they haven't done that a lot with him. Am I crazy? No, I I just wonder what if the playbook changed if the playbook shrank i don't know what the difference it's clearly a different offense with jake yeah, Browning at the I, helm I, than, I, than with joe i don't know if it shrunk but it changed and they've they've allowed for more of this um some people call it dumping off to the backs i love it i think it's always worked i think it worked for the Bengals. i mean it, it worked great and the West Coast offense and the things that did when when Kenny Anderson ran that, um, and if you have lethal running backs that are good receivers, it's a disservice that you don't use that because oh. it it gives the defense a whole nother deal to think about when they're pinning their ears back. And I, I just I love what I'm seeing, um, yep. but I. I I don't know what Joe thinks about that, and I, I wonder if they'll keep using that next year when he comes back. It's going to be interesting because I can't complain about the offense that they ran when Joe was in, right? Mm -hmm. Because they hit chunks left and right. Sure. Uh, I just think when things aren't quite going so well, uh, that would be a nice little parachute for him to get things started. And, and maybe – Maybe that's what goes on. I don't know, but um, I, all I know is there's going to be a lot of teams wishing they could get their hands on Jake Browning. And I wonder, I mean, there's got to be some trade offers coming in after this season for this guy because he is looking like a guy that he's not a manager of the game, um, but he is a guy. He did have the awful interception, but he's a guy that can win you games. At that you position, get, and that is the premier position, and there's a lot of teams salivating for a good quarterback. Going back to the screens and, and the dump-offs, if you will, uh, I, I think that it ends up opening up the, the deep game. As you saw, T. Higgins with that, that stretch touchdown oh, is because yeah. is because it opened up the deep game. Uh, if he had hit Charlie Jones on that deep pass, that oh, would have been – just missed. Just missed it by by what? Uh, it hit his fingertips. Yeah, I mean, you missed it by a foot or yeah. two. Um, so so I think that you potentially have something if you, you know, it maybe maybe this allows Joe Burrow to take a step back, unwillingly, <laughs> but right. it allows him allows him to take a step back and, and look at what he could potentially be doing if he does start to do some of these things. Now that you've seen a Chase Brown emerge as the guy that you can get some of these these screens to, maybe right. he didn't realize that Joe Mixon was running so angrily this year uh, by being part of the offense as opposed to watching it from the sidelines, watching it the way that we're all watching it. Um, so I'm I'm just curious to see if maybe Joe Burrow evolves by watching what Jake Browning was doing and learn something from Jake Browning, which is a crazy statement to even say. Yeah, but here we are. Before we saw this stretch, it would be, but to me sure. now, I get where you're coming from there, and 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 that is an interesting, interesting thought, and I wouldn't discount it. I mean, you know, I we all think we know everything sometimes, but we don't, and it's kind of a good little wake up call sometimes when you realize, yeah, that. That way of doing it, and I, I was so guilty of that so much at work. God, I, I'm embarrassed sometimes. <laughs> I thought I knew everything, and then I would see something. I'd be like, God, how did I not know that or or, or think of it that way? I, I was probably not the best employee sometimes because I thought I knew everything, 
and you never know everything. I mean, as old as my ass is now, I don't know 40% of nothing, basically. And, and that's, you know, hopefully Joe looks at it that way, and that's not a knock on him. It's just everything else he has been doing has worked so well. Right. You keep doing it, but when things aren't going so well and you keep beating your head against the wall, maybe you don't have to. Maybe there's some options there to take the heat off. Now, Jamar Chase did separate his shoulder. He's going to miss at least one game, uh, as was announced, I believe, yesterday, last night. Well, yeah, that, that was a Ian Rappaport report, which usually spot on, but Zach Taylor said he's not throwing in the towel. It's day-to-day, but Jamar was not on the practice field today. So I would say it's trending that way, and and that's not good. No. Um, you know, you need every weapon when you're going to Pittsburgh. Um, but I, my guess is, yes, he'll probably miss this game. But also important in this game against Minnesota, you had T. Higgins take a huge step forward as he had two touchdowns. You also almost had a Tyler Boyd redemption game as he had a giant catch to even get into scoring position. And so this this offense is really coming together. I thought the game was over at halftime. I, I was not feeling great at halftime, and I'm like, well, all right. Uh, and all of a sudden, it was they were. Well, and I'm glad they brought up Tyler Boyd because obviously I'm a big fan of his. Um, but that play, it's funny because he was kind of the invisible man most of the game. Most he, of the season, except for the drops. But he, he still ends up when 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 push comes to shove and you gotta have a play or you gotta have a first down, he's still doing it and he did it. That that play was basically kind of over, and he's running across the field, and then he's like, mm-hmm. it's not over. And he takes off and gets himself, he gets himself wide open, takes it, turns it up the field, looking yep. like a rookie. And and takes off that that was a tremendous play by him, and that's a guy who just I know there's been drops I know there's been up but he does not stop he does not stop he in my book is a winner he's a guy and he you know he went through the god awful first couple of years with Zach and everything that was going on and stayed the course in the in the locker room. And said, "This is going to work." This I thought he was crazy. He's going, no, <laughs> "I believe in this, and this stuff's good stuff." And we're gonna, we're gonna turn this around, and we're gonna go to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, "Man, I love young guys who are so optimistic and really believe this crap." It happened. He not it just believed it. He, he he made it happen, and and a lot of it was his his will to win, his will to keep playing. I, I'm. Obviously, I've said it enough. I'm a big fan of his. I was pumped that he made that play. I thought that was tremendous. And you know, then then you go, you you go to uh, T. Higgins doing what he did. You do the tight ends doing what what they did. I mean, they're, they're, we thought the season was over when Joe Burrow got injured. Yeah, it's not. Uh, they beat the Vikes. Now they got a tough, tough game coming up at Pittsburgh. Yep. And then you got what? You got a game at Kansas City. Yep. Um, then you got the Browns. Um, but Cincinnati no longer in the basement of the conference somehow, even though they have not won a game in the in the division, uh, no longer in the in the basement of the division, rather. Uh, but they are at eight and six. Facing a seven and seven Pittsburgh team with their backs against the wall. I don't know when the last time was that the Steelers did not make the playoffs with Mike Tomlin. So I'm not feeling great about this game, especially missing Jamar Chase, missing DJ Reader. Um, although Pittsburgh, I believe, lost one of their defensive backs for the season as well for his, um, unless he somehow gets on the field, as he, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to. Uh, yeah, um, Fitzpatrick's Challenges. out, KZ's out. Yeah, I don't KZ. think Challenge gets hurt, hurt till next week. So he's going to miss this game. So they're missing their starting safeties. They're they're hurting too. That's you know, tough. You still got TJ Watt, um, and they're going to bring some heat. I, I guarantee it. Is um, Kenny Pickett back? 
He could be. He could be. They, they say they think Mason Rudolph is going to start over Trubisky. Rudolph allegedly getting all the snaps with the starters, but Pickett could figure his way back. Why did my camera just go all blurry? I don't know what you did. I don't either. Did I spit on it? <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. There, there you go. I didn't spit on it. Um, uh, <laughs> but, but the Steelers are going to do what everybody does. And look at this Bengals run defense, and especially now with DJ Reader out. Mm-hmm. I, I could be crazy. I'm not sure how good the, the – I, I didn't look. I should have looked at their rushing offense. But it's kind of a it, – it's it's the other guy. It's not Najee Harris anymore. I mean, he sucks. He can't get it past – if he runs for four yards, that's a breakaway run for him this year. Um, I, I, I'm i not saying – I'm not declaring Bengal victory. Talk about Jalen Warren? Uh, God, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. He drives me nuts because he sucks up all the carries. I got Harris on a fantasy team. Jalen Warren had 10, 10 carries, 40 yards yeah. in yes. the last game. Yeah. Yes, it's him. It's him. Um, you know, you, you've got to look at the Bengals, and if you got – I don't care if it's Kimmy Pickett playing or Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubisky, the Steelers got to run the ball. Um and the Bengals' defense has absolutely stunk. When you look at yards and all that, yards per game, everything, they've stunk. So the Steelers are going to try to run it down their throat. Um, we'll see what happens. I think the Bengals' offense could have some success, though. It's going to be an interesting game. It really is. And now, this time of year, everybody's got injuries. Everybody's, like, relying on guys. They were going, you know, before the season, I hope, like, hell, I don't have to rely on this guy. Well, now they got to rely on them, and it's going to be a battle of the uh, a battle of the backups, if you will, not completely, but um, in several key positions. Because, as you said, the Bengals could be without Chase. They're going to be without DJ Reader. Um, they may be a little thin uh, at the cornerback department. Um, we'll see, but it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be another. It's going to be. Hopefully not the same result, but it could be another ugly offensive effort on both sides like we saw when they played here at Paycor in uh, Browning's first start, which, again, I'm glad Browning has had a chance to see them back when, when he started. When was it? November 26th or whatever, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. I, I think that's big for him. I, I think – he got in that game and it didn't go well at all. It looked ugly. And that's when I gave up. I'm like, man, oh man, this is going down the crapper. And I I thought Jake Browning looked pretty good in preseason, but again, you're going against backups and all that. Well, he's going against some backups now in Pittsburgh and he's played a hell of a lot better against starters the last three weeks. Um, So I've got confidence. I, I think it could happen. With a loss, I believe you knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs. Um, Even more if, if, people win. Uh, but but it's it's still – there's plenty of teams around the conference that are sitting at 8-6. and six. So Cincinnati's got plenty of pressure. But if the playoffs ended today, uh, Cincinnati does sneak in with that second wild card spot. And the Bengals, I think, if, if – I, I like crazy rules and crazy things like in card games and all that. The Bengals are now what five and zero, something like that, against the NFC. They should be invited to the NFC playoffs if they don't make the eight. <laughs> they dominated the NFC. I... Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like that low in the hole, low card, wild poker, all that crazy stuff. That's what. That, that'll be the next step for the NFL and the college football playoff. Unbelievable. I know that is. I don't know where that came from, but I, I, it just amazes me their record in the AFC and then they're perfect in the NFC. And they're and- beating the 49ers, by the way, who is everybody's pick to just walk away with the Lombardi trophy now. Still, yep. Um, you got anything else on the Bengals then, George? 
Oh, let's see. I'm sure I could say plenty about the, uh, let's see, the Athletic has the Bengals with a 17.6% chance to make the playoffs. Um, they're still, that's figuring in. The reason for that is that AFC record, if they get in a wild card tiebreaker. And they may, but it depends on which teams you're in with. And if it's somebody they beat head to head. Yeah, it's, but no, I think we got the Bengals pretty well covered. They're two and a half point uh, favorites in the game at Pittsburgh, uh, 58%. 58.3 uh, ESPN analytics is giving them to win the game and the over under on that one at 36 and a half. I may bet the money line then. And, and I, I thought the Bengals would beat the Vikings by a little more. I, 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 I gave the three, I got it at three. So I pushed, yep. but I thought the Bengals. It, it, the numbers I got, it was better to just take the points as, or, or give the points as opposed to the money line. But, um, I, I will bet them straight up this week. I really will. All right. Well, we will switch gears one last time. Uh, tomorrow is signing day for the Cincinnati Bearcats, and Chad and Dave will have plenty on that here on the Bearcat Journal YouTube and Twitch channels uh, as they do their BCJ pod. But, George, I wanted to get your thoughts on some of these guys. Last time we talked, we knew that Brendan Soresby was in. I think that we may have even had um, – I think we had Evan Evan Pryor as well. But since then, there's been a influx of guys uh, here. So right now, um, th- I, there is a long snapper that's not on this list. Uh, I, his name – Jaden Perry. There it is. Um, but you have you, you have a, a transfer class right now, Brendan Soresby at quarterback, Evan Pryor at running back, Mike Coleman, and George Gums uh, as that defensive lineman. And uh, Edge, you have Tony Johnson at wide receiver, Ormani Arnold at corner, and Kai Stokes at safety. So you've, you've hit a lot of these spots that I think the Bearcats were looking to fill. I'm uh... – I'm pretty pleased with what they've done. And then when you look at the flip side, we're going to find out how good these guys are at judging talent. But if you look at what they've done with with the guys that left the program or were told to leave the program and where they ended up, uh, and then you look at this list that they're bringing in, um, not only are they guys with, with – not just talent, but, but certainly some upside. They've got more than they've got two or three years left. Only the long snapper, which I'm fine with bringing in a long snapper for one year. Sure. Those guys are valuable. Do not get, I, I was disappointed. You see lost their long snapper. That kid was perfect. But the fact that, you know, soresby has got three years prior, the running back from Ohio state has three years. Stokes, the safety from Ohio State, has three years. Um, Arnold's got three years. The quarterback from or the cornerback from Idaho. Um, then the other guys have two. Um, that that's that's kind of hitting it out of the park in my book. Uh, I think they've done very very well. Uh, I think this speaks to kind of the personnel department that they put together to be ready to do this stuff. And, and we'll see when it comes to wins and losses and it may not pay major dividends immediately, but we'll see. I mean, picking up prior from Ohio state, that that's a great little ad in my book because the Bearcats running back room, you know, with Kiner in there is, is already okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's a guy, you know, you can depend on. And you put this guy in there and and getting a quarterback with three years left who seems to be a sneaky good pick to me. Um, Really, you know, well, he beat Wisconsin. Um, He's seemed to get better with just a little bit of play. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I see what you did there. (laughs) I know. But, But, no, that was a big win for Indiana. They sucked. 
until this guy got in there and started making some plays. And to have three years left with him, uh, and, and then, you know, you want to see that wide receiver room beefed up, but but I think Henderson's going to stay now. Um, you know, they have Tony Johnson from Florida Atlantic. And I look for some guys to, to make – to make strides, and I don't want to put pressure on anyone, but I I, I think the kid from Wyoming, uh, Wyoming High School, still has a chance to be oh, a sure. really good wide. Yes, I I I I thought when he got in games, he played pretty well, made made some tough catches, and mm-hmm. I, I just think that guy, he's such a such a good athlete, and displayed really really good hands. He's got height, length, I, I just think he could be a weapon. I, I think there are I, I think there are better days ahead based on what they're doing right now. And when you look at the guys, and there's probably I don't want to demean anyone, but but they ran some people off. Um, sure. a lot of people off. Damn most, pro- most power five programs do. Right. All space. You look where these guys are going, you're like Maybe these guys know a little more than I thought they did. Uh, and they should. They're with them every day. They're with them on the practice field. There's a reason that they knew. All right. I, I There's a reason they knew they had a safety that was a problem on the field because of undisciplined plays. But they had to keep playing him because they had nobody else that had a snowball's chance in hell to help them out on defense and they let that guy they 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 made that guy walk and there's a reason for that because they don't want this undisciplined play so uh yeah i I, i'm not an expert at this stuff i'm not a recruiting expert i'm not a judging talent expert in football but this given the way they're approaching this and getting guys with more than one year it's not just bring in a grad transfer and pray to God he turns out and helps us. Well, these are guys that can help the program and help build the program. And that I'm all for. One of the things we saw and that we were both critical of throughout the season, uh, whether here in this space or uh, me and other spaces on this network, um, the secondary was, was certainly needed to take a step forward. Oh, yeah. uh, I, th- I think you're going to be able to do that with adding a guy like a Kai Stokes from Ohio State who showed some flash as a freshman at Ohio State, um, and he just wasn't going to be able to, to get on the field as much as he would have liked. Um, so it's it's not necessarily a knock on his talent. It's just maybe there were people more talented at Ohio State than him. Um, also, the cornerback room, any guys that you can add in that room, I think is going to continue to drive uh, the – level of play in that room. So getting a guy like an Ormani Arnold, uh, it's going to do nothing but continue to build that room. We yeah, also- that, needs, that needs totally rebuilt. And mm-hmm. and you mentioned a guy like Stokes and even a guy like Pryor from Ohio State. Um, as much as we don't want to admit it, there are certain programs that are stacked Sure. One, two, three with players that would start at other Division One programs and good Division One programs. You know, for whatever reason, they don't beat that guy out. Maybe they're not better than them. Maybe they're just a smidge not as good. That doesn't mean they can't get on the field and become as good or better given the opportunity and given the growth because these are still kids, and I call them kids, I mean, I didn't mature till I was 50. These guys probably are mature human beings and males, but you get a lot of growth, you know, during your early 20s, your late teens. And there's nothing wrong with taking a backup from a blue blood program and giving them the chance. If they're better than what you got, you damn well better go get them. And that looks like that's what they're doing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. It was a horrible season, and we questioned a lot of things. Uh, I'll still question this till I see him on the field. Right. But on paper, and you never went on paper, but on 
paper, it seems like they at least had a plan and had targets and didn't just go willy-nilly grabbing anyone that said, oh, I'll come to your program. That that doesn't, I, I don't get that sense. I get the sense that they had some targets and they went after their targets. I, you know, obviously you're never going to get all of them, but you're going to get the best of the best you can get. And hopefully they did that. But I, I'm impressed that they got, you know, several of these guys for multiple years. The defense also struggled to get to the quarterback, and you add two defensive linemen, uh, one in George Gomes and Edge, who stands 6'4", 242. Uh, he's played multiple positions, including receiver. Um, That's crazy. And, and now here he is as an edge rush, uh, but he stands at 6'4", 242. At least that's what he's listed as. Uh, also, Micah Coleman on that defensive line, 6'5", 253. These look more like – at least they sound like I haven't seen them standing in pads or anything. Uh, but they sound more like the guys built like a Maje Sanders type as opposed to a Juwan Briggs type. Not a knock on Briggs, but it's just a different style – player and and when you struggled to get to the quarterback something had to change right and and you know that was one of the to me that was one of the shockers of this season because that interior defensive line is unbelievable and i thought that might help the edges no matter how good or not so good they were and it did not translate you gotta have guys that get there you got to and hopefully these guys can. Hopefully they have a few more in the can that they can unleash. Um, but that was a big, big part of the issue. When, when you got the, the DBs they had this year and the things that were going on there and you're not getting to the quarterback, that's a recipe for what we saw. Disaster. Disaster. Yep. So I'm excited to see uh, what else is in store as I don't believe they're done yet with only seven guys in the mix. No, never done. That's the weird thing. I, I, it's, I mean, there will be guys probably added, you know, in, in the even next. after spring ball. Yeah, correct. When uh, guys so go in and figure out, okay, maybe I'm not going to start for Alabama. I want to start somewhere. Yep, they got a pound. We'll we'll find out once once classes start. That's when things kind of lock in, at least until after uh, the the spring game. So plenty of things, plenty, plenty of time for things to shake up still. Uh, but again, signing day is tomorrow for the incoming freshman class. Uh, there was an offensive lineman who, I think it was offensive lineman, uh, who decided yeah. to go elsewhere uh, in Jace Mitchell. He, he decommitted. Uh, so I believe that leaves the class at 21. So uh, again, Chad and, and Dave will be breaking down everything tomorrow night on the BCJ pod in that regards. Uh, FC Cincinnati, still nothing to report. I know it's kind of off-season, even though the season doesn't really ever stop for, for soccer. It, no, feels it, like just, it feels like they just take breaks whenever they want to take breaks. No. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's much to report there. And uh, unless you have any high school athletic notes. No, I haven't. I, I got to get out and see uh, Tyler McKinley play. And uh... – I would do it this – I think they have a game this Friday, um, but I'm going to go to the Stetson-UC game. But I'll see him before the next couple of weeks are up, um, given what their holiday schedule is, and I didn't look that far in advance. Uh, the Reds traded TJ Hopkins. Oh, my, they're never going to win. Uh, <laughs> actually, he showed some promise. That was a guy um, – What a weird – To the Giants for cash or a player to be named later. Well, was that a waiver claim? Because I think they, I thought they cut him. Like they, they traded him. But I thought they DFA. I thought, I thought I got a note that they DFA'd him, and then all of a sudden I got a note today that they they traded him. Yeah, you can't DFA, and then somebody says, "Oh, well, I'll take him." What do you want? Sure. So he can go out as as a a free agent, basically. So that must be what happened. Um, So they obviously felt like they had no use for him. Um, what what they need to do is get another first and third baseman. I'm worried about the depth there. <laughs> hey, they, they, they did they, they did sign a back. They, they signed need, a back. They need more they, corner infielders. They signed a backup catcher. I, I don't remember. He's a, a minor league deal or, or something like that. But 
As long as they have Luke Maley, they'll be fine. I agree. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, on behalf of George Vogel, I would like to wish you all a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever <laughs> holiday it is that you celebrate on your end. Uh, again, be sure to check out our sponsor, Remington Tavern, 8892 Glendale Milford Road, 45140. They do have those daily happy hours from 3 to 7 p.m. $5 Woodford Wednesdays. Tell them George Vogel sent you. Maybe, maybe. The Bengals are on Saturday, right? I may go to Remington and watch that. Mm-hmm. You can go drink with your, your favorite uh, former sports news anchor. Uh, that said, that is another episode of George in the Jungle. We will be back at you uh, potentially next Tuesday. I'll talk to George and see what's what's going on. At the very least, you, you should have the uh, boys of the BBP on Tuesday. But uh, we'll, we'll let you know, of course, on the network. Stay tuned. Uh, but we will we'll catch you next time here on George Whatever you want to do. You let me know, Aaron. I'm good to go whenever. We'll catch you here on George in the Jungle next time. Thanks for listening.